he's I know he's got a goal and assist already this season, but I mean he, his his scoring statistics are, haven't been prolific in the past. Mm-hmm. It, is he it, is it has the role changed because of injuries? Like what is there, is there anything changed, or have you just noticed that he's been pushing more advanced? Hello and welcome to FPL Mavericks, your one-stop shop for everything FPL. Let us bring out your inner maverick and we'll find you those FPL gems. My name is Luke and this is my co-host, my main man today, Benny. How are you, mate? Excited to be here, big man. What a lovely week of Mavericks in store. Just want to thank all the listeners for continuing to listen, getting up, getting up there for some really big listening stats, which is great. I'm just going to go into uh, the definition of a Maverick again, which is a under 10% owned differential pick where you've got to have the cojones to pick them. Uh, and if you do, that could either shoot you um, up the mini leagues or not. So that's what we're looking to do here today. Is Mitchell Crinis still winning our, our mini league? Just to have a, have a quick look. Bring it up. I had no. an all right week this week, so I want to catch him. No, so there's been a bit of a, a a change in the wins. Peter Steinfort, 459 points. Steiny, he's hit the top. <laughs> 10 points above <laughs> of Vasily, of Vaz. Krinis had a shocker, he only got 45. He did. Captain you... Ronaldo. Some good weeks. Angus Mackay had 76. Boomer. I'm on 11th in that league. I'm, I'm chasing. Yeah, I'm 17. We'll see how we go. Shocking. All right, Benny, let's have a look at what happened last week with the, with the Mav picks because this is our biggest week yet. We had some real hauls on our hands here. And you, you, you hit three from three. Love to see both it. You, both your Mavs scored a goal and your Mav cap, Saar, outscored the likes of Salah. So, if you back the boys at FPL Maverick, you would have cleaned up. I got Decore as well, so he top scored out of the Mavs with eleven. Um, but mate, my other pick Barnes was a <laughs> the guy. The guy's struggling this season, but mate, Zaha eight points, Morpay nine points, Saar nine points, Decore eleven points, Barnes one point, <laughs> appearance points and a yellow card. The dog. And everyone at Arsenal blew up except the um, bargain pick, which was Kieran Tierney. He, had, he finished with two points. But Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe had, had baller game. Yeah. I want to ask you, what do you think about Arsenal? Uh, is, is it Arsenal against poor opposition? Is that why they're playing well? Or have they turned a corner as Arteta got them playing the way he wants? Uh, I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. Um, I think Arteta's managed to change them round. You can see there's there's passing patterns in their play. It's always been there. They just seem to be a bit of substance. Um, I think I think the players, especially at the back, um, look a little bit more solid. Um, Tommy Asu had a, had an amazing game. Obviously, got man of the match and just gave them that balance. So they got two, um, you know, wing backs slash full backs bombing down the wing and supporting attacks. But then it was more and more exciting to see that um, Aubameyang, 
the lazy bastard, actually decided to pull his finger out. And, you know, when, when you've got a captain who isn't putting it in, what do you reckon that says for the rest of the team? And the fact that he came out flying and was doing his job, I think just sort of ran through the team. So that was a yeah, big a, Yeah, I saw far more passion. Like you think back earlier in the season, those first couple of games, they just played with no heart. And that, that initial game where they got pumped by Chelsea, that was a disgrace. But it's so good to just see that happening because they're, you know, they got some of the most passionate fans in the league. So it's good to see that kind of action. We need to see a resurgence now from Tottenham because they're, they were top of the league after three games and, and look at where they are now. They're in a real, really dark place. <laughs> Football, crazy game. Mate, do you want to kick off with and give us your first first Maverick for the week, seeing as though you're on a hot streak? Yeah, why not? Absolutely flying. I think that's a, a record for me. Let's see if we can do that again. Note, it is getting quite a lot... Well, it's getting much more difficult to actually pick a different Mav each week, so... I reckon we're going to have to run into the same players at some point. But I've actually got a couple of fresh ones. And it's one of my boys, Mateusz Klick, the Poland international. 5.5 million, 0.6% owned. And I think he's actually nailed at the moment. One of the reasonings why I've picked this guy is he naturally wants to get forward and join the Leeds United attacks. So he's kind of that either that final assist or pass into the box, or he wants to have a snapshot at the edge of the box. Another thing to note about this guy as well, which a lot of the listeners probably aren't aware, aware of, is when Bamford isn't playing, he actually takes penalties. And Bamford's injured at the moment, I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% sure if he's going to be back. It sounds like he could be. But if Bamford's not back, then I think Mateus Click takes penalties, which I love to pick for fantasy points. He's, I know he's got a goal and assist already this season, but, I mean, he, his his scoring statistics haven't been prolific in the past. Mm-hmm. Is he, is it, has the role changed because of injuries? Like what, is, there, is there anything changed or have you just noticed that he's been pushing more advanced over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so he's, he's one of... Um... Bielsa's favourites. I think just watching him, he looks the most likely other than Rafinha to actually do something like Rodrigo is just pony. Like he is useless. So I was looking through Leeds United assets and I was looking at Leeds's fixtures. And for me, other than Rafinha, I did think about Dallas. He, he's a guy that's going to be um, in and around and picking up fantasy points with that run that we have at the moment. So his shot per 90, even though he's played, they're a bit skewed because he's played a couple of less games because he's struggled with COVID, which he's obviously um, fit now, is 3.21. So he's having loads of shots because Leeds are attacking stat monsters, monsters really. And then what I mentioned in terms of the eye test and linking up with data and his key passes is 2.4 key passes per 90. So... Yeah, I just feel like this is a nice balanced pick in the sense that I can see him starting to hit some decent form and, and decent fantasy points, and the data underlying is is there to support support that as well. Yeah, love it, mate. At five point five, he's one that you'd you'd use as an enabler in a wild card. I mean, he's not a certainly not a popular pick by any means. I haven't 
he hasn't been on my radar at all. Um, but I can't I can't knock any of your picks anymore because of your track record with with Mav picks. You've been <laughs> hitting home runs every week, mate. So yeah, righto, mate. I've I've picked one out of the wilderness for my first Mav pick. Seven point three million, one point five percent owned. Ollie Watkins, Ollie Watkins, bruv. Oh. So, mate, he's. This is interesting because I've seen a change in the guard for Villa in terms of their performance in the last two weeks, especially since and since since Watkins come back. So, I'm coinciding the Villa resurgence with Watkins' performance. They've had a change in formation as well, so they're playing Watkins and Ings in that top two up top, but the the notable um, takeout from, from how they've been playing is that Watkins has had four times the amount of shots as Ings, so he seems to be that guy who's, who's more of the focal point. He's looking really good. Um, their fixtures for the next several game weeks, it looks tough with a couple of them, the likes of Wolves, Arsenal, but every game for the next seven weeks, Villa could score him. So they've got Tottenham this week, which is a great fixture for Watkins. Um, Wolves might be tougher, but it's a home game, so you'd expect them to come away with with a goal there. Arsenal, West Ham, Southampton, Brighton, Palace—they're all games where where there could be goals of plenty. So I'm backing Watkins this week, and then if if you're wildcarding, he's that ultimate differential to throw in at 7.3. It's a pretty good price point, so you can just have someone there who who should be a good chance at a at a goal a goal a week type rate because he's getting the the right number of chances in games to 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 bring in some hauls. Yeah, interesting. I think he he's he's like a fantasy favourite from last year. Um, he's obviously really cheap, so you can be be that Mav pick almost. The only thing I do worry is actually them Villa fixtures. I know Villa played really well against Man United, and I know you you saying they're playing Tottenham, but. I don't know. I know Tottenham played poorly, but I just feel like they're going to sort it out at some point. Like, going back into that Arsenal-Spurs game, when Oliver Skip came back on and he showed up that midfield, Spurs got a lot better and Kane created a few chances. So that would be my only caveat to picking him this week. I mean, that's true that in in my defence, I'm looking at their defence, their defence at the moment, and... It's just not working for them. I don't know how they're going to going to change it up, but it's it's you know Sanchez, Dyer, Tanganga, like are they three of the best Premier League defenders? I'm backing elite attackers over them every week. I think they're in trouble. Yeah, so that's a bit of an interesting one for your insight into your brain, mate, and I suppose mine as well. Do you look at the fixture, or do you look at the player in defence? Like, do you look at like do you do microanalyze the defense or do you just look at that fixture and go, hey, that's in Liverpool Norwich, they're just going to destroy him? Yeah, most of the time I'm, I'm a fixtures type manager and I'll target the, the known players from those game weeks. But for this particular pit, I've just seen Aston Villa, an incredibly attacking side now, and especially with their both fullbacks bombing on. They're really high and this new formation is working for them. Two strikers who are who are potent, I, I see they've got goals in them and they, they should have scored more goals against... Mate, it started when Chelsea beat them 3-0. They had several chances in that game where they should have scored and then they've carried that on over the next couple of weeks. So 
they're they're improved. They're one of the most improved sides I've seen after looking at the first four four game weeks. Let's say so. This one particularly is is me focusing in on a player and knowing that um, that he's up against a defense that would suit him. Yeah, fair enough. So it's purely purely the Mav, and and I guess he's going to link up nicely with Ings as well as well at some point. So I'll probably get quite a few assists. Cool, like it, mate. Who's your second Mav, mate? Um, been watching this guy for a while, and to be honest, I could have gone with one of one of two in the Arsenal squad um, after watching that. Um, but I've gone with Emile Smith-Rowe. He's somehow gone down to, um, or he's always been pretty cheap, I think. Um, he's at 5.3 million, um, 3.9% owned. Um, he scored and got an assist last week. He just looks like the player that we all thought he was going to be pre-season, where we were like, how are we not going to have this guy in our team at that cheap? Like, he's going to do absolute bits. I was really impressed with his work rate as well. So I think he he presses high up the pitch. He has a really decent relationship with Saka, who, credit to you, mate, I thought was an absolutely, not crazy pick, but I thought he had a bit of a hangover from the Euros. But he seems to have, have come really good again and he's back to his old self. So um, I can see Emil Smith-Rowe slipping him in. Um, and then also the the likes of Aubameyang and and, in, and even Pepe if he plays. There's just there's going to be loads of assists for Emil Smith Rowe. I'm not sure if he's going to be the Frank Lampard type goal scoring ten that we want, bursting into the box and scoring loads of them goals that he did at the weekend. His shots per ninety are one point six, so that would suggest that he'd still have a shot or two a game. But yeah, I think at that that price point now, yeah, I, I'm actually thinking of bringing him this week. And backing him a pick, it's just whether or not I fancy him against Brighton or Mateus Click against Watford. It really depends. You backing your Mavs for your own team now, mate. That, it explains that, explains how you've rocketed back up. I was ahead of you by twenty or thirty points, and now there's a gap of about six points between us. <laughs> See, there you go. You got to back them Mavs. And you know what? In I think it was game week one and two. We, you were playing a more sensible, logical game, and and we were talking you out of Mavs, and then all your Mavs kept hauling. So you've you've changed tack. You've started bringing in your own Mavs, and you have rock, you're like the epitome of what what this podcast is, is trying to do: bring in that differential so you can rocket up the mini leagues. Because you you were ready to quit after that pocket wild card. No, no, the pocket transfer. <laughs> after the pocket, the pocket transfer, Pulisic in for Salah. You were ready to quit, and then you've recovered now. You're only thirty points off, or 40, I think it's forty points off top um, top hundred hundred k or ten k. Either or, it's it's a, been a phenomenal rise, mate. It's, it's way more fun that way for me as well. I think when I'm sensible, it's just not my personality. Like I'd rather have mm. some crazy ass pick. Yeah, it's going to bite me Definitely. one week or two, but hey, who, who knows? Well, I've got some interesting. I've looked at that ESR Saka pick because I think an Arsenal mid's a really good option if you are wildcarding, just because long term they've got a really nice set of fixtures and they're at such a great price point. So Smith Rowe at five point five, he's cheap, so he's great value. Um, the the counter or the the thought thinking around um, if you're looking at ESR and Saka is that Smith Rowe's great value, but 
uh, Saka's stats are, are superior in, yeah. in, in multiple areas. That's the only thing I'm thinking about that. But the counter the, to that, and this is how I've been thinking about it, is that you've got these guys around that price point of 5.3, Gallagher, um, Smithrow, um, you've got Mbwemo. So you've got all these players around that 5.5 price point who have attacking threat. And that it's perfect if you want to set yourself up with a hybrid formation. So you could have four playing defenders. So you could either go a, a 4-3-3 and bench Smith Rowe because he's only 5.3 mil. If you want to bench that, it's okay to bench. But if you have Saka, you maybe don't want to bench a 6 mil type player. Yeah. So that's where Smith Rowe could let you go 4-3-3 and you bench him for some weeks and rotate him with that fourth defender. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you get, you've got a lot of flexibility in your lineup there and it gives you great depth. Um, because we have seen some injuries pop up. Um, you and I were discussing before the pod about how um, Trent's, Trent's been potentially, well, he looks like he's ruled out for City. Didn't play Champions League. He's out for the City game. So you need your you need at least one or two decent options coming off your bench. And that's where Smith Rowe could be that perfect type player to start most weeks, but rotate with a fourth defender if you need. So... That, that was an, that's an interesting point because I've been thinking about that, those exact two players over the last week, um, potentially considering who'd fit my squad better. So I love that pick. I can't knock it. They've been looking very attacking as well. It's good to see them scoring goals. So my second Mav, and this one was a shock because I, I didn't, I thought he'd be much more highly owned, but it's, I'm looking at Raul Jimenez for the second Mav because did you know he's still not he's still under five percent owned? I did see that Spider Man. People have got uh, off, right because of the Wolves shithousery. Yeah, they, they've been they've been roasting everyone for for six game weeks now. But um, yeah, I was just shocked that he wasn't five percent owned because people are having um, challenges with Bamford DCL injury. I thought surely that the fixtures people. 10% of managers would have brought in him and his, um, but he's still he's still under 5% owned, 7.5 mil. Um, Wolves are back, mate. They had one rubbish week where they screwed everyone, including me, big time. And I benched Tomato again out of spite, and he, he got a clean sheet. Same. Could have popped up with a girl goal early in the game as well. I hate that guy. Fucking <laughs> Marcel for me. But, but mate, did you see um, him and his goal celebration? So, bloke hasn't scored... In, in Yonks, and that was like a twelve-month pent-up um, celebration. All in, all in one, he ran over to the fans and j- almost jumped as high as Ronaldo after a goal. <laughs> Fair play to him. We'd love to see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm backing him. I think he's a great pick. He's he's got huge potential against Newcastle this weekend. Uh, I think Wolves Wolves will there'll, there'll be goals in that game. I wouldn't be surprised if just. The way Newcastle are attacking set maximum, he's playing with so much confidence and form. I wouldn't be surprised if if Wolves conceded, but I can see them scoring more than one goal this week. So yeah, I'm backing Jimenez to to be involved in at least one goal this weekend. And he's great for bonus as well when he does score. Yeah, no, I think that's a great pick, mate. I was surprised that he was a Mav, but yeah, love it against Newcastle at home. Yes. Yeah, I might, I'll probably bring him in this week because Bamford looks like he's injured, so I've got no choice. I'll have to make a move. I carried Bamford on the bench last week. Um, but, I, yeah, you can't keep benching a, an eight-mil player. I've got got a few fires in the squad, so I'm thinking he's the, the right guy to bring in for me this week. 
Yeah, I think even I'm looking at bringing him in, but I'm not sure whether or not I've got other fives to put out. Whether he's worth a minus four or not, probably not. But I do love a hit. You're in a good, you're in a good spot, you smartass, because you you've got Robertson over Trent. Yeah, Most people are now, I've got the Trent issue. I'll probably have to take a minus four to fix that, or play Samato again. Mm. We'll see, we shall see. You're on bargain bucket duties this week. Benny's bargain bucket. You got someone in mind? Yeah, mate, but I just want to put an, a, a note to Benny's bargain bucket. This was tough this week. Really tough to find some value. You've with... given us two already for your maps. I know, I know. Um, this one, yeah, it's purely fixture-based. Um, he's... 4.4, so he's cheap, so he's an enabler. Um, he's at home to Norwich, and it's Brownhill. And I know he's he's been burning people left, right, and centre because he's just hanging on people's bench and just doing naff all. But he's on set pieces against Norwich. You know, he hasn't got a crazy expert XG. The stats I'm not really backing him up too much. I've watched him and he has got ability. And I just feel like this could be the game that he actually returns for managers. So if you are struggling to to just literally if you've got a two you've got two transfers in the bank and you've got a really small amount of money for a one week punt then yeah Brown Hill be the, be my go to guy this week I think. He he's the only the only time I would ever use a a bench fodder player like that is if I'm going with you know, I'm stacking my squad with premiums and you're forced to just carry a guy like um, a Brownhill um, in, in that third or fourth midfield slot just to get a bit odd. But I'd rather play a 4.5 defender over a 4.5 midfielder. Any of those 4.5 midfield options, I just consider bench fodder. Yeah. So if you had Brownhill this week, would you start him? Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, I would at 4.4, yeah. If he's in your team, I'd start him against Norwich. Why not? And and so would you then have to bench, like say you had Emil Smith Rowe, would you bench Emil Smith Rowe over Brown over Brownhill? No, of course not. Of course not. I'm just saying if so, yeah, I don't think you have him on be able to play him. Well, no, it depends. If you're really struggling to um Paul, well, okay. It, look at my situation, right? I've got I've got two, three injuries in my squad. So I can't take a minus eight. I might take a minus four and still I might not be able to field a, a full 11. So is it worthwhile me not taking a hit and playing Brownhill? I don't, I don't have Brownhill, but the, many people will be in that situation. So I've got TAA injured. I've still got Bamford's situation. And my thinking was I'll take a minus four. Are you saying, no, don't take a minus four, play your, your 4.4 million bench fodder for this fixture? Just for this fixture, yeah. Save, save yourself the minus four and maybe more, maybe wild card next week. Yeah, that's it. It's a bit of a flimsy pick, but... Yeah, that I was trying to find some value for the for the bargain bucketers of the world. <laughs> All right, mate. I've, I'm on Mitch Madcap duties this week, and I've I think a really good pick. Well, he's he's the ultimate maverick because I don't even know if he's going to play next week because he was rubbish on the weekend. It, it's Marcus Alonso, so he's already got a goal and assist this year. I don't. I'm not sure. I still have doubts whether he's 100% nailed. And after that performance, there could be risk of rotation. So I'm going to keep a close eye on the 
uh, lineups for Champions League tomorrow. I want to see if if Tuchel starts with Chilwell, which will give me a bit of confidence that Alonso plays in the weekend because this upcoming set of fixtures, he's, he's just a really strong Mav pick because he's got that high ceiling, but he carries with him that risk of rotation. So uh, you want to make sure you've got a... A, a decent playing bench option if you are running with Alonso because there's yeah no one knows when his run of games in the team will um, will end just because of the the backup there. Chilwell's arguably the better player and and um, better defender, but for this good run of fixtures coming up, he's worth worth the risk. And they got a great fixture um, at home to Southampton this weekend, so I just think he's. He's one where, you know, Lukaku didn't have the best game either, but he didn't really get get service. Him and Alonso, yeah, their touch wasn't on. Chelsea just didn't have a have the right setup for that City game. So I think they get it right this weekend and, and turn over Southampton despite how how um, Southampton's been defensive performances have been um, far improved from what they have over the last two seasons. Yeah, I like it. I think um I was looking at Chelsea defenders. I really want one in. But I just don't know what's going to happen with their rotations. Obviously, they've got Juventus, which is the more important game in the Champions League this week. So does he play that? Or or is Tuchel thinking, I have a Champions League fullback and I have a league fullback and Alonso keeps his place and Chile plays Juventus? You just don't know. That's that's what I'm hoping because I'm looking to wildcard very soon. So... It could be a good risk. So, so a lot of people potentially would be wildcarding in game week eight. So, with Trent Alexander Arnold out this weekend, like I could easily bring in Alonso for Trent and have a really strong option there. And if even if it's for a minus four, it might be a good opportunity. And then if it doesn't work out and doesn't look like it's the right move, you can wildcard the following week. So, it's a good good time to take some risks if you've still got a wildcard in your back pocket. Otherwise, it is it is still a risky play, and defense is kind of that area where you want to set and forget, and just have strong options there that you don't particularly have to worry about because the form of the attacking players and fixture swings are so much more important in in your front eight as opposed to your back back four or five. So I'd rather have a strong defense that I can set and just let let the points tick over, and then use my transfers in in those midfield like because you've got. The six million midfield bracket. We've had some some incredibly fast um, swings in, in in performance and points hauls. So you had Ben Rama at the start, and then now Sars come to the fore. You've got the Arsenal boys coming up. So I want to be able to switch in between those. So that, that's my thinking. So yeah, I'm not sure if I'd personally be the type of manager that would um, run with Alonso mm-hmm. because I know he's he's coming out of the team soon. So my but but this may suit my strategy this week because I've got that wild card in the back pocket. Yeah, fair play, mate. I like it. All right, Benny. So now we'll jump over. We've got FPL point break on the line and he's going to deliver to us his fantasy free hit team for game week seven. It's a big week coming up. There's some hot fixtures that I can see he's targeting. So I'm loving the 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 team that he's he's gone with here because there's some big hitters, there's some high ceilings. Um, I'm looking at at the fixtures that he's targeting as well. So I'll let him um, introduce the team in just a moment. But I'll I'll just read it out. And then, um, Andrew, from FPL Point Break, you can run us through your your rationale behind the free hit team. So I'm liking Pope in goal. And then we've got the standard 3-4-3 setup. 
So Rudiger and Alonso doubling down on Chelsea. Um, oh, Semedo, mate, you're killing me here. He's been killing me for weeks. But, okay, it's a great, great option there. Um, I'm liking that three at the back, strong defence. And then the four in the midfield, there's a hot list of form and fixtures combined with um, potentially one, one risk here I'm seeing. Uh, Saar, Zaha, Rafinha. And Sonny jumps in there in the midfield, liking that. And and you've got enough budget to jump up with a huge front line of Lukaku, Ronaldo, Antonio. That is a beast of a team for this week, mate. Give us your yeah, thoughts on, for that. on that lineup. Yeah, thanks for having me on first. Um, I've been trying to get on for a couple of weeks, haven't I? Basically, I started with Pope in goal. Um, I think this season it's a really good idea to try to target Norwich wherever you can. Um, Norwich are horrible. Um, in attack as well so that's pretty much a locked in clean sheet um, there's a lot of tricky fixtures this week in terms of clean sheets and I think that one is one of the few bankers that we might have um, I guess the other the other pretty much locked in clean sheet would be the um, the Chelsea one so that's why I've gone for double Chelsea Rudiger and Alonso um, as you said before it's probably a good idea to keep an eye on those Champions League um, team sheets though if Alonso plays 90 minutes tomorrow he might not be such a good pick after all. It might be um, it might be the um, the chill week to come in for the Premier League. So just keep an eye on that. Um, hey, mate, but yeah. I might ask you this question then, because uh, Alonso, like Rudiger's obviously a safe pick, but Alonso doesn't Tuchel go with him for the easier fixtures, the attacking fixtures, and and perhaps Chilwell. Like they need a win in the Champions League, though. So maybe they'll they'll throw. Chilwell and keep him ticking over with minutes. And then Alonso is that one that he gets the easier fixtures in the Premier League. Southampton at home, yeah, it might be a, the right game yeah. to get on Alonso. That's that's my thinking. Yeah, well, I mean, traditionally that's been the case. Like last year, I would definitely agree with you. But this year, Chilwell hasn't even had a look in. Um, and, you know, he hasn't played, um, you know, many minutes at all. Um, Alonso has been the trusted one. So, um I think by the end of the season, it will go back to that and Chilwell will be that player that plays the hard games. But I think it's just too difficult to predict at this stage um, how slowly Chilwell is going to get integrated in. So I think it is important to keep an eye on that team sheet. I think things might be changing gradually at Chelsea um, in the next few weeks. Quick fire um, round table, Andrew. Two Chelsea defenders for the next eight weeks. You're on a wild card. Who do you pick? Two Chelsea defenders for the next eight weeks. Yeah, bang, bang, yeah. give it to us. Well, for me, um, I don't know, it's pretty boring. It's not really very maverick, but I would go Rudiger and, and Christensen. Rudiger um, and Christensen. Benny? Honestly, like, I think Alonso Chilwell is too hard to predict. Um, so stick with the two that are pretty much locks in the team, especially with um, especially with Reese James injured. It means that um, Aspi is going to be needed at that right back spot. And then that centre-back spot is going to be pretty much um, there for Christensen. Silver will come in you know, for the hard games or Champions League maybe. But at 37 years old, he's not going to be able to play too many games. I think Christensen's going to be playing the vast majority of games and Rudiger plays every game. So if you want, um, if you don't want to be sweating on team sheets, then those are your two guys from Chelsea, I reckon. Benny, two, two names, Chelsea defenders, eight week, wildcard. Who do you go? Yeah, I'll stick with what you've got. R- Rudiger Alonso. I think, and also just just to know, I actually think Alonso is going to play against Juventus, and I think Chilwell will play at Southampton. Yeah. Oh, they boys! <laughs> yeah, I think that's a possibility. We'll see what the team sheet shows tomorrow. Excited, exciting week ahead. 
Yeah. Okay, talk um, us through this beast midfield, mate. Yeah, no worries. Well, of the the one um, sort of left field kind of premium is Sun. Um, it's not a great week for the premiums with um, you know with Liverpool um, having that Man City fixture. So yeah, Sun's a good pick. I think he's pretty much the new talisman for Spurs because Harry Kane's completely shut the bed this season. So Sun's taken over that talisman kind of role. Um, he scored in three out of six games this season. And the thing about Sun is when he scores. It's always a double-figure haul. Um, he's a bonus magnet. He only needs one goal to get a double-figure FPL haul. So, yeah, I think he's a good pick this week. Home to Villa. Villa are pretty good defensively, but I still can't see them um, keeping a clean sheet away from home. So I think Sun will get a goal there. Um, Saar, okay, everyone knows about Saar. He's an absolute beast at the moment. Leeds haven't kept a clean sheet yet. I don't see, you know, I don't see them keeping Saar out with all their defensive injuries and suspensions. Um, and then... The guy I really like, Zaha, I had him in my um, free hit team last week and he came through with that penalty. Um, a lot of, he's flying under the radar a bit, I think. A lot of people are focusing on Gallagher because he's only 5.6, but Zaha, uh, sorry, Zaha is um, really good value as well, 6.9 on pens, pretty much the main attacking threat for Crystal Palace. So I can see him, you know, Leicester have only kept one clean sheet all season. That was the first week against Wolves. They're really leaky. They, they conceded two goals to Burnley. So... Um, I can't see them keeping Crystal Palace out and Zaha is probably going to be pretty heavily involved there. Yeah, I, I really like that Son shout. Son's my boy. He's my fantasy boy. Like I was even thinking about bringing him in this week because um, I've got like five, five million in the bank. I think if you're right, like Son is kind of fixture proof. You can just happily, even if fucking Spurs are shit, Sonny's still going to be the guy that's going to get the goals. And he's going to score and he's going to assist. And and surely, like, Son and Harry Kane, come on, they've got to pull it together at some point. So, yeah, at home, bit of a pumping off, off uh, Arsenal. I can see him scoring for sure. Yeah, for I sure. love, I love this team this week. It's huge. It's just not having TAA in there and not being tied to Salah, just... The spread of funds gives you heavy, heavy or reliable picks all over the park. You haven't compromised anywhere. Yeah, uh, it's probably right. the one week where you can take those kind of risks and jump on these players because there will be a lot of the wildcards played next week. I know that for a fact because I'll, I'll probably be one of them. Yeah, I mean, like the thing, the, the whole point of this segment is, you know, what what is that one week punt um, that's good for this week? You maybe you wouldn't necessarily choose them if you know, you were looking longer term, but what's that one week punt? I mean, if you look at this week, there might actually be people out there that are thinking you're playing there for a hit. Um, you know, hypothetically, if you've got TAA, Ailing, Bamford, Rafinha, Luke Shaw, they're all in your team. You've mm. already used your wild card. What are you going to do? You're not going to take minus 12 just to field 11. You might actually choose to to play a free hit this week. And yeah, that's, if you that's do a really make that point. choice, then look no further than this team. Yeah, this is the time. This is the exact type of team. And I think you're, you're doing yourself a little bit of a disservice because I think most of these picks here will be reliable, at least medium medium term picks. And they're not just a one week flash in the pan. Most of these guys will be in wildcard teams and they've had they've shown form all season. That's why they're in the team. So, so yeah, love that rundown, Andrew. And those three forward slots you've gone with the three biggest heavy hitters in the game at the moment Lukaku, Antonio, Ronaldo. I can't, can't, obviously can't knock that point. Um, did any other forwards come into your reckoning? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's hard to go past those three, unfortunately. There's so many good forwards this week. I, I really wanted to include Chris Wood. 
um, this week versus Norwich. Like, I would actually be shocked if Chris Wood doesn't score a brace. Um, there's also Jimenez. I think you mentioned him earlier in the in the in the pod um, and Saint Maximin. So there's a lot of really good forward options this week. But I just could not leave out any of Lukaku, Antonio, and Ronaldo. So I've put those three in. But um, if you don't have the funds for those three, then um, you know Wood or Jimenez or Saint Max are good options as well. And another question to you guys now as well is. We've just talked about how many good forward options there are in the game, but I've heard a lot of talk around, you know, that FPL Twitter sphere out there saying four, go with four big hitters at the back. Um, but how can you do that and play a four four two? I mean, there's you'd love Lukaku and Ronaldo up top, but there's so many good forward options, budget enablers there. So you can you've got a lot of flex there. Is there any scenario where you wouldn't have three forwards on your squad, Andrew? Oh, I don't think so. Um, not for me. Um, maybe if you're doing that threemium um, where you want to go Lukaku, uh, Ronaldo and Salah as your, as your threemium and then you know, a 4.5 forward. But for me, there's just too many good forwards out there. I'd, I'd want to have three at the top. And if I was going to go big at the back with maybe four big defenders from sort of Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, um, there might be the midfield that I, um, you know, that I cut back on. So maybe do that four, three, four. And Benny, have you got two up top, or have you you got three? Hey, I, I was say I, I go against all the bowls. I'm three five two every single week. Thought so. Thought so. Yeah. I just like I like the midfielders because they can. If you strike lucky, you can get that clean sheet, and you get the extra. Um, extra goal. Yeah, but um, yeah, like look, I think you could go. I mean, I am adaptable, but most weeks I go three five two. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the, the, we've called out Mavs, midfield Mavs. We've called out Saar, Zaha, Rafinha. Like, there's so many good midfield options as well. So, you know, there's some people putting funds in those three forward slots. There's others who are bringing the fifth midfielder into play there. So, yeah, there's no one strategy is wrong. And it's worked for you in the last couple of weeks, Benny, because you've struck gold with those midfield picks. Love it. All right, lads, well... Good luck with your teams this week, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of plenty of action over the weekend. And let's reconvene same same time next week.